Welcome everyone to today's class, discussing chapter 15 of Vedanta Treatise, The State of Self-Realization. Does anyone have any questions before we begin today to any of the previous classes? Okay. So we just have a quick recap because we missed last Sunday. We, we weren't here and uh, this knowledge can disappear very easily. So just a bit of a recap. Um, we human beings go through three states of consciousness. Waking state, dream state, deep sleep state. What we're learning is that beyond these three states of consciousness lies the fourth state, which we're unaware of. The state of self-realization. The state where you become one with your true personality the true identity. The whole of Bhagavad Gita, 702 verses, is to state that you are God. But you know what you're worried about? You are God. So this is what we're trying to learn. The state of self-realization is your true personality. So we're discussing this state. What can this state, what is this state like? How does one, per, a person behave when he reaches this state? This is our goal in life. In all spiritual, religious books, spirituality, all points to that direction. So this state is difficult to understand. Just as the dreamer cannot understand what the waking state is like, we as a waker cannot understand what the fourth state is like. It's difficult, different plane of consciousness. So exploring what this state may be like, the state where one lives a life of perfection, once you reach that state, you become the ultimate human being. And we're all entitled to be that, to achieve that state. So how do you get to this state? Who is regarded as a self-realized person? What is, what is it that they need to do to get to that state? Anyone? What do you need to do? Bhaktivin. Identify with the self, yep. see the self in everything. What do you do as you, Bhaktivedan, what must you do to reach that state? It's easy to say identify, but how? Try and be very unselfish. Um, 
think about everyone as yourself. Nikisha. Uh, no desires. Sorry? No desires. No desires. What do you do with your desires? You need to put, put the uh, mic up. Um, it's very faint, your oh, sorry. voice. We can hear you, but you sound as if you've got a cold. <laughs> no desires, you said. Can you? Is your mic, your mic is off now, Nicholson. Can you hear me now? Is that better? Perfect, yes. Oh, sorry. Uh, you've dropped off all your desires through these lifetimes and you've managed to get into a state of self-realization. You have to remove your desires, remove your vasanas, eradicate them. Once you, re once you reduce your desires, you're able to contemplate on the self and reach that state. So you no longer identify your personality, your body, your mind, your intellect, when you reach this state. You become omniscient, all-knowing, all-pervading, all-powerful, meaning you understand everything that needs to be understood about life. Pure consciousness is Atman, Self, God. These are all cinnamons meaning the same thing. Any questions? Does everyone realize their purpose in life and how to attain it? Reduce your ego, your vasanas, your desires. This is what we're learning, how to do this. This is the teaching of self-realized souls. People who've been there. They're telling us, this is what you need to do, this is how you do it. Then we talked about conditioning consciousness. Conditioned consciousness. Anyone want to explain what is conditioned consciousness? So that is the state of pure consciousness. What is conditioned consciousness? Any ideas? What is conditioned consciousness? Right now we are conditioned consciousness, meaning the pure consciousness conditioned by your gross body, subtle body, causal body. Conditioned by the gross body, we are become the waker. Right now, the waking world, we're conditioned by the body, physical body. Tonight, conditioned by the subtle body, which is the mind and intellect. You become the dreamer. And then conditioned by the causal body, you become the deep sleeper. So these are three condition states. So the states of waker, dreamer, and deep sleeper are conditioned states of consciousness. Remember we gave the example, Pepsi, Coke, Fanta is pure water, conditioned by cola, mix Pepsi, conditioned by orange, mix Fanta. So these are condi water conditioned. Similarly, we are conditioned, pure consciousness condition makes us the waker, dreamer, deep sleeper. This is our entire life. We go through these three states until we die. So the self-realized person becomes one with the pure consciousness. This is the fourth state. Any questions on that? 
any clarifications? Does everyone understand that? Just recapping because, you know, as we go into it deeper, then the foundation is important. Great. And then we went through some of the qualities. When you become, when a person becomes self-realized, what is his, the qualities he portrays? He has great power since he has no selfish motives, no ego. When you function with desires, selfish motive, with an ego, you have limited power. With no ego, you have great power. We gave the example of a person going to his boss. If he's going for himself, he's scared, he's agitated. If he represents the whole of his of all, the whole organization, all the workers, he has power. Selfish, unselfish. Then we discussed love. What's his love? We drew that circle. Everyone remember? Normal person's love has a limited boundary. And there are four or five different circles. The center was someone who's highly selfish, only loves themselves, no one else. Everything you do is to cater to your needs. That's it. Next circle was you love your family. You do everything for your family. That is your boundary of affection. Love does not go beyond that. Next circle was your community. You identify the members of your community. Maybe same religion. Maybe they came from the same city, town, from your home country. You identify with them. You love them. There we go. Thank you, Ravi. The, the fourth was humanity. You love all beings. You love all beings. Your country, you love everyone in your country. I love only Indians. I only love British people. Other people he has no feelings for. Shows hatred, dislike, anyone else, any other species. Ultimately, you love all beings. All being, all humans, all animals, all species, everything. Self-realized person loves all beings, all animals, everything in the world. So all of us would feel in one of the feel would fall in one of these categories. You have boundaries of your affection. Self-realized person loves everything, everyone. Why is that? Why is that? Damesh. Uh, Can you, everyone hear me? Damesh, oh, your mic's frozen, yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Recognizes the Brahman in everything. Yeah, exactly. Recognizes Brahman in everything. There's no difference between him and anybody else. No difference between him and any other beings, animals. He loves everyone as he loves amount he loves himself. 
someone's got their mic on. Would you please make sure you switch it off, please? There's an interference. So you need to check where you are. Aspire to increase your capacity until you reach the next level, until you reach the ultimate level. So this helps you to reach that end goal. You're reducing your selfishness. You're increasing your love. The smaller the circle, the more you're agitated, worry, anxiety, full of stress. And the last thing we covered was knowledge. He knows the difference between what is real and unreal. He knows the world is unreal. Only Brahman is real. He understands that, functions in the world accordingly. Brahman alone exists, is your real self. He said, the ignorance of the self projects the world as we know it. Hence, we said the world is an illusion. As you remove your ignorance by gaining the knowledge of the self, you come to this realization, this understanding. Any questions? Does everyone understand? Is it clear before we move on? I'm not going to go into the detail of knowledge because that's another whole class, as we said. We gave the example of the snake and the rope. So um, if that everyone's uh, clear with that, then we will discuss his self-sufficiency. How self-sufficient is he in the world? A self-realized person compared to all other beings. Great. Uh, who's doing it? Ravi, is it yourself? Okay, thank you. His self-sufficiency. Living beings can be classified under three categories plant, animal, and human. Of the three, the plant is most dependent upon the world for its survival. The animal is less dependent, yet much dependent on the environment. A human being alone is designed to be independent, self-sufficient. A realized person enjoys absolute independence. He does not depend on anything in the world. Nothing in the world can in any way affect his absolute state of peace and bliss. So there's three types of beings in the world. We've covered this previously. Um, plant, animals, and humans. This makes up all living beings. So we're saying the plant is the most dependent on the world for its survival. Then animals less so. The human being is the least dependent on the world, but still dependent. And it's saying a self-realized person is not dependent at all on the world. He or she is totally independent. Nothing in the world can affect his state of peace. So we're going to discuss that further. How are we dependent? And what is being independent? Thank you, Harry. A plant needs attention. If you leave a plant unattended, it will perish. Water may be available a few meters away. That will not help the plant. If there is no water at, it, at its root, it will die. So also, if it is denied direct sunlight, 
It cannot help itself to the blazing sunlight just around a corner. A plant is wholly dependent upon the world around. A plant needs water, it needs sunlight to survive. But if it cannot get this on its own, it cannot get this on its own. If water is not at its root, sunlight not available above, it will die. It cannot get water even if it's one meter away. You leave a glass of water, you leave a glass of water next to your plant, go on holiday, the plant will die. So the plants are totally dependent on the world. This is what we're saying. We agree? Yeah, plant is totally dependent on the world. Okay, what about animals? An animal is not totally victimized by the rigors of the external world. It can adapt itself to an extent to different self-sufficiency. Sorry. The animal is not totally victimized by the rigors of the external world. It can adapt itself to an extent to different environment and circumstance. If food is not available at its location, the animal finds it elsewhere. If its dwelling place is not suitable, it moves to more conductive environment. Birds and fishes are known to migrate hundreds, thousands of kilometers for that purpose. Nevertheless, all these creatures have a limited capacity to adapt themselves to the changing world. Talking about animals now, animal is less dependent than a plant because unlike a plant, an animal can move around to find food. It can scavenge, it can sustain itself, it can change its habitat. Birds fly hundreds, thousands of miles to a better environment where there's food. But even animals have limitations to how much they can change and adapt. Because the world is constantly changing. You know, in um, Antarctica, global warming, these bears, polar bears, etc., they're all being um, marooned on ice, um, you know, ice that's moving away from the main, the main section, you know, and they're stranded on a little island of ice. They can't, there's nothing they can do. You cannot create food. It can only find food. So an animal, even though it's less dependent, is still dependent on the world. Everyone agree? Okay, so what about us human beings? A human being enjoys far greater freedom. He is least dependent upon the stern laws of nature. He can harness nature by artificial devices, conquer space by incredible speed, annihilate time by electronic equipments re replaying past events, consume processed food in place of natural produce, cure disease with medicine, substitute virtually anything for what is found wanting in nature. Humans possess such phenomenal powers Yet you find yourself persecuted by the ever-changing world. The reason for victimization is your unintelligent identification with the body, mind, and intellect. 
Through your constant attention upon these equipments, you have become one with them. Whatever happens to them depend, happens to you. The outside world, constituted of objects, emotions, and thoughts, can affect your body, mind, and intellect, but not yourself. The self within is immaculate. It is transcendental. Nothing terrestrial can influence it, affect it. So, human being, less, least independent on the laws of nature, has the greatest freedom. Right now we had COVID-19, what happened? Within six months, nine months, we have a cure for the disease. So human being can overcome all obstacles laid out. We can create food, without, we don't have to rely on nature. We have tremendous power. but we still find it difficult to adapt to the changing world. We're still affected by the world. Why is that? Why are we still affected? We have so much power. We can do anything. Just in the last hundred years, what have we achieved? Computers, person going to the moon. We've cured so many diseases. We can fly. The world has become such an easier place to live in. Why are we still victimized? Why are we still affected? Affected meaning why are we still agitated, unhappy? Any idea? Why are we still unhappy? Nilam, any idea? It's because of our ignorance of our true self and our misidentification with our mind, body, and intellect. Wrong identification. You identify with the physical body. Whatever happens to the body happens to you. You identify with the mind and its emotions. You become emotional, get affected. Happy, you are affected. Unhappy, you are affected because of identifying with the mind. Someone insults you, you say something negative to you, affects your thoughts, you get affected. Well, there he says that to me, you're agitated. He called me fat. Has he seen himself in the mirror? Identification with the body. <laughs> you're agitated, you're affected. So whatever happens to the body, mind, intellect, happens to you, you get affected. Wrong identification. So throughout life, you go through ups and downs. Something positive happens, you're happy for a short time. Something negative happens, you become unhappy. And you go through these bouts, up and down, up and down. So much power we have, but we can't deal with our own person, our own personality, we're so affected. Whatever happens around us, we're affected. As Nilam said, all this happens because of our unintelligent identification with our material layers. What's the first thing we said in the beginning of this class? You are the self. You are not this body, mind, intellect. And until you come to realize that, you, you will always be affected. 
some less, some more. Due to our ignorance, our lack of knowledge. We identify with the changing aspects of our material layers and not the self. If you identify with the self, I'm not this body, mind, intellect. I am Atman, Brahman, self. Nothing affects you. Why does nothing affect you then? If you identify with the self. Yeah, Dharmesh. Because you realize the only truth is yourself and the rest is illusion. Self is immaculate, pure. Nothing in the terrestrial world can affect it. It's beyond the terrestrial world. It's transcendental. It's beyond the world. How can the world affect, affect it? Think about it. Wrong identification. Hence, Knowledge helps you to give you the right identification. Any clarifications? Am I okay? Okay, next paragraph. To live up to the status of a human being, you must shift your focus of attention from the body mind and intellect to the real self. To the extent you identify with the self, thereby detach yourself from the material equipments, you shall be freed from the persecution of the world. You shall gain your independence. A self-realized person, having merged with the self, becomes totally self-sufficient, enjoys absolute independence, revels in supreme liberation. So through self-knowledge, we must move our focus from the material equipments to the self. The enlivening factor that enlivens us. If we do that, we are living a life to the status of a human being. The more we identify with the self, the more we would be free from the world meaning we're less affected to what happens to the body, less affected what happens to the mind and its emotions, less in, affected by the intellect and its thoughts. Because you're not identifying with them anymore. So just as nothing that happens in the dream can affect you in the waking world, no matter how bad the dream was, you wake up, I had a bad dream, but the affectation is gone. Similarly, nothing in the waking world can affect you if you identify with the unchanging, permanent aspect of your personality, which is the self, Atman. The living factor of your personality. Does that make sense? Ipa? Vijay, make sense? So, the more knowledge we gain, the more we can do this. Sorry, it's not more knowledge. The more knowledge you turn to wisdom, the more you're less, more you're, at least you're affected. <laughs> Forgot about the wisdom bit. 
that's where you come in. I'll be giving the knowledge, but you have to convert it to wisdom. You've, you've got, you're thinking, this is easy. The more classes I listen, the more I'll be less effective. No, you have to convert it to wisdom first. So, a self-realized person is totally self-sufficient since he has merged totally with the self. His identification with the self is 100%. He no longer identifies with his material layers. He enjoys total freedom, total liberation. Nothing affects him. 10% knowledge converted to wisdom, you're unaffected by that amount. See, even coming to these classes for the last, some of you have been coming for over two years. Some of you have joined recently over the nine months. The little bit of knowledge you've received, you've seen the change in your affectation in the world. You may not be aware of it, but you've seen your attitude change, your outlook change. Someone says something, you thought, you know, that's his nature. You've said that maybe one out of 10 times. That's how this knowledge works. So the more you convert to wisdom, the, the greater the ability to be able to shun away any issues you have in life. That's what you need to do. Okay, well, make sense? Good. Any questions? Okay. Um, make that. People everywhere seek liberation in the world. Every human craves for sweet liberty. Some leave their motherland and move to other countries in search of freedom. Battles have been fought all along human history in the name of liberty. Freedom fighters, liberty seekers attain their limited goals in the world, but none have found true freedom through external pursuits. All the successes that people claim fall within the boundary of the world, but the world itself is one large prison. They are limited, restricted to the prison house of the body and its perceptions, mind and its emotions, intellect and its thoughts. In effect, they still remain bound to the world. So the desire to liberate, to free oneself persists. We're all shackled, you see, that's what it's saying. Freedom is something that everyone is looking for. We're all looking for freedom in one way or the other. Maybe you realize it, maybe you don't realize it, but we're all looking for freedom. People move from countries, fight wars for freedom. But these external quests only give them a limited amount of freedom, not the real freedom that they're looking for. It is only freedom within the world, limited to the body, mind, and intellect. The desire for true freedom still continues. That's why we're agitated. That's why we're affected. So you can free your body. You can't free your body from desires the mind, the intellect. 
our parents moved from whichever country to this country. For what reason? Better life. Freedom. Freedom from the restricted life in our original country, whatever those restrictions may be. They want to earn more money. They want to have a better lifestyle. They want to meet the queen, whatever it is. They've left their country and come here. After coming here, did they get their freedom? Maybe. It's still relative. They're still looking for something. Some of us were born here. We moved to other countries thinking we want freedom and we leave this country. Go to Australia, go to different countries thinking we'll get freedom there. This will never change no matter where you go. Anyone know why? We don't realize we're looking for freedom. This will never change. Because freedom, to absolute freedom means freedom from this world. Freedom from our physical body, our mind, our intellect. Any other freedom is restricted to the boundary of your personality and the world. He's saying the world is like a prison. The prison for your body, mind and intellect. It's a bit deep. You have to think about it. We don't realize we're not, we're, we're not, we're, we don't realize that we're restricted. This is the problem. You haven't tasted the pure, true freedom. And that's the reason we accept what we have. Any clarifications, any questions? Where does this yearning for liberation stem from? Any idea? See, if we weren't, if we weren't um, yearning for freedom, we'd be completely content. We'd be completely happy, and we're not. Where does this liberation stem from? This yearning for this freedom, any idea? Any idea? Yeah, Dermesh. It's from my understanding there is more that there is more, like there is a God. Okay. Where does this understanding come from? Yeah. Our intellect. Sorry? From the intellect we have. Okay. Any, anything more deeper? Our subtle Sorry, It's from the most powerful part of us that we're not aware of, but it's almost like there's a seed of something that wants us to discover it, self. Did you have something to say? Let's find out. Magna. Such persistent yearning for independence actually emanates from the Supreme Self within. Your real self is boundless, infinite. Hence, you can never find satiation until you realize your original self. Not knowing this truth, 
the ignoramuses seek freedom in the world. In the past, people believed that the sun revolved around the globe. The truth is to the contrary. The scientist who declared that the earth was round and not flat was done away with. Likewise, spiritual ignoramuses the world over reject, condemn the wise who declare that the true freedom lies within oneself, not in the external world. But is the yearning for liberation stems from the self within? Because the self is free, it's not dependent on anything. It's infinite. So therefore you'll never lose that yearning and find satisfaction in the world until you realize the self. Everything else is limited. This is what they're saying. But we don't understand, so we carry on until we find ourselves in a quandary where we have everything, but we're still not happy. Then you think there must be more to life than this. And then you start searching. This is the problem. You get little bits of happiness here and there, and we think this is it. But it's limitation, it's limited. This is what they're saying, it's limited. So let me just close this. saying it's limited but we don't believe it that's the problem the person who said the earth was round was killed blasphemy how can the earth be round the earth is flat similarly people don't understand that you won't find freedom true happiness in the world and this is what all the sages are saying people believe happiness in objects and beings in the world So you continue looking for freedom, bounce of happiness. Not aware of this truth, the ignorant continue to look through for freedom in the world and reject this message from the wise that true freedom lies within, not in the external world. Just like the person who said the world was round and not flat, people didn't listen and they continued to think in that way. Any clarifications, Tamish? I think you're frozen again. Any clarifications? We're starting this year off with a deep message. You're all in the prison, bounded, unhappy. <laughs> Magna. It is no doubt difficult to straight away attune to the inner self for attaining ultimate liberation. People take to the easy way to find freedom in the external world. Such freedom is of an impermanent nature. You cannot rely on the world wholly for your liberty. Realizing the uncertainty of the changing world, you must gradually shift your reliance to the eternal self rather than the world for peace and bliss. 
you must attain absolute self-sufficiency. The following episode drives home the need for the shift in focus. So he's saying it's difficult to attune to the self immediately. Hence, we look for freedom in the world. It's easier to obtain freedom in the world. But this freedom is temporary, it's saying. The world cannot cater to our needs because it's always changing. Our vasanas are always changing. The only way is to change our focus, as we said, to the self. 100% focus on the self, complete self-sufficiency. Only then you attain lasting peace and happiness. It's like that uh, example we've given before, coil spring. You know, we get a coil spring four feet. You, you, put, you press the coiled spring down, there's pressure on the hand. As you release it, the pressure becomes less, less and less until it reaches that original state. Then there's no pressure. Similarly, we are all under pressure to find peace, find happiness, find freedom in the world. The only way that pressure will be released is by identifying with the self. Because that's who we really are. That's what they're saying. Until then, there will always be pressure. Some more, some less. So there's this um, little story they've given us to understand what we mean by this, this dependency on the world. You want to read that, Migna? A village was submerged in a deluge. A man managed to climb a tree and cling on to one of its branches. A bird was also perched on a neighboring branch. Torrential floods continued to flow below. Both man and bird were resting on the branches, but their statuses were different. The man was totally dependent on the branch. If the branch were to break, he would perish in the waters below. Whereas the bird was not dependent on the branch. Even while sitting there, it relied on its wings, not on the branch. So it is with human life. In the flood of desires, people make use of the world for their pleasure and joy. Few realize that they have become wholly dependent upon the changing world. They suffer from mental tension, stress, and strain. And when the world breaks down, they perish, like the man hugging onto the branch. But a person endowed with self-knowledge is free from tension, like the bird with wings. Though he makes good use of the world, he never relies on it. He remains ever attuned to the supreme bliss of his own self, remains wholly self-sufficient. There we have it. It's talking about a man dependent on the branch for his freedom. Because if he if the branch breaks, he'll be in the waters drowning. But the bird is free, it's not dependent on the branch. So, same way, we're dependent on the world. We suffer from mental stress, strain when the changing world cannot cater to our desires. We're wholly dependent on the world. Right now, lockdown. We have desires, we can't fulfill them. Suppose we go on holiday or going out to eat or whatever, creates agitations. Why can't I go? 
I have this desire to go to a Chinese restaurant or go on. We're supposed to be going to Rishikesh. We're saying, wow, we should be planning our trip to Rishikesh right now. The desires pop up. So we must become self-sufficient, not be dependent on the world for our happiness. So a person who's self-realized can enjoy, use the world, but without relying on it for its happiness. He still enjoys the world, but he's not relying on it for happiness. Good, bad things happen, doesn't matter. And this is achieved through the knowledge of the self. He lives in the world, but not reliant for, it, for his peace and happiness. Self-sufficient, like the bird. He's not reliant on the, even though he's sitting on the branch, he's not reliant on the branch. So freedom is a mental state. Mentally free. The problem is the ego, egocentric desires. And this is what shackles us to the world. We're shackled, but we don't know we're shackled. So this knowledge helps us to dilute our ego, drop our ego, drop our desires, our vasanas, become free from the shackles that bind us to the world. Any questions? It's a lot to take in, especially after the week break. Yeah, Damesh. Sorry, I have a few questions. Uh, yeah, please. One, the self. When we connect, does the self connect with us or do we connect with it? We. Because like on the beginning of 284, it says that the yearning of independence actually emanates from the self itself. Yeah. Does that mean it's telling us or we're feeling it from the self so we are interacting with it so of course you're interacting it because if you weren't you'd be dead itself is enlivening you is making you dermesh alive so that's the enlivening factor in you just as electricity enlivens a gadget yeah so it's the self, which is your true personality, is saying, I'm free. Why are you conditioned? Why are you shackled? But the play of vastness, unfortunately, creates that. I, I've been thinking about this for the last week or two. If the self just sits there and does nothing, but gives us all the energy, it's not the desires that really is the energy in us that propels us. Let me ask you a question. Does the electricity care if the unit heats or cools? No. So, self doesn't care what vastness you have, how you are as a person. It just livens. Your personality, your traits are because of your vasanas, which have been created from your past actions, your cause and effects, 
the person you are today is based on your cause and effect, your past actions that you bought. And they have nothing to do with the self. Independent. Is that okay, Damish? Thank you very much. Any other questions? Any other clarifications? So we've got another 10 minutes, so we'll finish the next topic. Is that okay, Magna? Okay. Can we do? Yeah. It's fulfillment. The bliss of self-realization is infinite. A person who revels in that state of bliss remains absolutely fulfilled. The greatest happiness that the world can provide cannot enhance his bliss, nor can the deepest sorrow diminish it. That state of supreme fulfillment is inconceivable. It cannot be captured in words. Total fulfillment, total peace and happiness, bliss, can we imagine that? We can't imagine that. It's beyond our imagination. He doesn't need anything else. It's not going to make any difference to his state. Puripurna, completely fulfilled. Nothing you can give him can change that. Nothing you can give him can increase his peace and happiness. Nothing you can do to him can reduce that peace and happiness, that bliss. That's what it's saying. It's inconceivable by us. It cannot be captured in words. So it's pointless me saying anymore because we can't capture it in words. So um, there's an example. Next uh, paragraph, Magna. Reveling in absolute bliss within, the self-realized remains wholly satiated, fulfilled. He requires nothing, aspires for nothing. No physical pleasure, no emotional joy, no intellectual satisf satisfaction can augment his state of supreme bliss. Alexander the Great, Emperor of Greece, came to India. He had a desire to meet one such sage. He was led to the bank of River Indus. He, he found a sage lying on the ground, basking in the sunlight, bare-bodied, barefooted. The emperor was thrilled at the sight of the holy man. He requested the sage to accompany him to his country, offered him wealth, power, pleasure for acceding to his, his request. The sage smiled at him. He told him he had everything. He was everything. He was everywhere and did not need anything, nor wish to go anywhere. Alexander insisted that he accede to his request. The sage laughed at his immaturity. The emperor felt insulted. Acting impulsively, he imprisoned the sage the wiser counselors warned the emperor of the consequences of such a sacrilegious act. Alexander took the advice, 
he realized the seriousness of his offense. He went up to the prison. There was the man, relaxed, gazing at the sunbeam coming from an opening above. The emperor sought the good man's pardon and beseeched him to accept a boon. The sage reiterated that he required nothing. Now the emperor reverentially pleaded with him to accept it just to satisfy his conscience. The sage was impressed at his devotion. He complied. In that case, dear king, please step aside and let the sunbeam fall on my eyes. There we go, total self-sufficiency. Did everyone understand that? Or do I need to explain it? So she understood, yeah? Okay. Anyone need me to explain the story? Completely satisfied, doesn't need anything, no matter what. Said to the king, okay, move aside, let the sunlight fall onto my eyes, you're blocking my light. That's all he needed. And he just said that because to satisfy the king, that he feels that to relieve him of his consciousness, his agitations, he understood that. So that is the state of a self-realized soul, his fulfillment. His self-sufficiency. So next week, his extrinsic conduct, meaning how does he behave in the world? We're going to look into that more in detail. Which is quite interesting. Any clarifications, any questions? Today's class or any other questions on any other classes? We've got five, 10 minutes. We can discuss if you'd like. Dermesh, you okay? Any other clarifications I can go over? Not at the moment, no, thank you. All good, thank you. Okay, great. All right, we finish off early today. I don't want to go on because the next topic is quite uh, long and I don't want to start something that I can't finish. So welcome back to New Year. Hopefully we can uh, progress on this path together. Remove some of our ignorance and gain some wisdom. So we can all be happy in 2021. Great. Okay, well, I'll see some of you on Wednesday and you. next Sunday. Thank you. Have a lovely Sunday.